on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. The Brewers just keep winning baseball games. They have won nine of their last 10, 15 of their last 18, 18 of their last 23. Tonight, they pick up the victory over the Atlanta Braves 6-3 to open up this series. Welcome into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. Have you for the next 56 minutes. We are taking you till 11 o'clock this evening. If you'd like to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting in to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me if you'd like at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin. He'll join us coming up later on in the program. He's going to be with us at about uh, 10.20. We'll hear the postgame comments of manager Craig Council around 10.35. Go back through the game with the highlights around 10.40. So we've got a lot to get to between now and 11 o'clock. Just a solid, well-played game from the Brewers. Kind of the the big narratives coming out of this one, Rowdy Telez continues to swing a hot bat, goes two for five with a double, drives in two. He's got his batting average up to 282. So not only is he hitting for power, but he is having that batting average move very much in an upward direction. And if he can hit for average in addition to driving in runs, putting the ball over the wall, that makes him that much more dangerous. And he is in a, quite the hot streak right now. Eric Lauer has another really good day. He drops his ERA to 1.82. He goes six and a third innings, allowing two runs on two hits with eight strikeouts and three walks. The uh, TV broadcast made mention of that. With his 32 strikeouts over his last three outings, that is tied for the third most in a three-start uh, span in franchise history. Uh, Giovanni Gallardo had 36 uh, at one point uh, during 2011. Corbin Burns had 34 in a three-game stretch uh, in 2021. And then the 32 is tied with another stretch from Corbin Burns in 2021 as well. So uh, this is uh, this is some impressive stuff that we are seeing right now from Eric Lauer. He's 3-0 and with a 1.82 ERA. And I keep saying this. I'm, I'm going to scream it from the mountaintops as long as I need to. This is this is nothing new. You can really go back to June of last year, about mid to late June. I, I ran the numbers at one point. I think it was from June 21st of last year. He has been as good as any pitcher in ma- in Major League Baseball, and, and that includes his teammate Corbin Burns, who just won the Cy Young last year. And that is not that is not me saying something that is not completely true or trying trying to make something up. Uh, the numbers speak for himself in his 21 games dating back to uh, let's see we'll do in his uh, we'll do take it from the 27th of last year in his 20 games since the 27th of June last year, he is now 9 and 2 with a 2.12 ERA. There is nothing small about that sample size. That's 20 starts, that's 110 innings pitched. This is a legitimate thing from Eric Lauer. So, uh, he's pitching really well right now. 
I have a hard time using the term breaking out when you consider what he did over the months of July, August, and September last year. Really, this has been very much a continuation. The one difference this year is the strikeout numbers are up. Uh, we just mentioned them. Strikeout numbers are up. So Rowdy Telez, Eric Lauer, and then the final kind of storyline from the game tonight for me is that of Josh Hader and what he has been able to accomplish in his career. He is now alone in second place in franchise history for saves. He was in a tie with John, with John Axford, and he moves past Axford when he picks up his 107th save of his career. And, and don't forget... He opened up his Brewers career not exclusively as, as a guy who was out there getting saves. Corey Knable was the ninth-inning guy. And Jeremy Jeffress would at times get those save situations. And he would be pitching the sixth, the seventh, the eighth innings. And when those guys were not available, or if there was a situation where he was just really going, uh, he would finish out, maybe he pitched the, the eighth and ninth. But he has not been exclusively a save guy throughout his time with the Brewers. So it's pretty impressive what he has been able to do. He's 26 saves away from Dan Plesak and 133 it is not out of the realm of possibility that he'll get that this year. That would put him at just under 40 saves. I think a 40-save season for, for Hayter this year, if he stays healthy, is very much a possibility. If you want to join us again, the phone number, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll start getting to some phone calls and some text messages and continuing to uh, wrap this game up after the Brewers get the 6-3 win against the Braves. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers get the win in Atlanta to open up the series. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T, P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's grab our first phone call of the program. We've got Sparky in Madison. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Okay, Matt. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, you know, after uh, the Cincinnati series, it looks like they're going to be sellers uh, around July or so because they just look like they're in a real mess. And you know, in watching that game yesterday, and I know David Stearns is going to try to enhance that team as the season goes on, but uh, Mike Moustakis would look good in Milwaukee again. DH, play a little third base, a veteran leadership. You know, I just think that he'll do what he can. And does that make sense to you that that might be an option on his part to maybe Sparky, make I, the Brewers a little bit more? It, let me ask you this, Sparky. First off, I'm a big Mike Moustakis guy. If people have listened to this show for a while, uh, I, I was the broadcaster for the team that he played for at Low A in, in the Midwest League. So I've known Moose for years and years and years. I've got uh, an affinity towards him, and I loved it when he was a Brewer. And it would be really fun to see him as a Brewer again. I guess my question to you is whose roster spot? 
would he take? Because everything you're saying is correct. Play him a little bit at third. Play him a little bit uh, as the DH. I guess maybe the answer there is Jace Peterson because that's kind of the role he plays. But Jace is so valuable in how many different positions he can play. Like That would be my question to you, Sparky. Who, who on the roster would you want to remove to put Moustakis on? Well, you know, that's a good point. I never really gave any thought to that. Uh, you know, a lot can happen between now and uh, sure. mid-July or late July. You never know what might happen. But, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, you don't, you don't like to really mess with things that are going really well right now. But, you know, he's played so well here in Milwaukee. And, uh, yeah, I just was thinking about that yesterday watching the game that, uh, you know, he hits well in the ballpark. And people like him, and uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what you would do in that case. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I guess you'd more or less just have to wait and see how things progress during the month of May and June and July. But uh, that was just a thought on my part because I don't think we can fall into. I don't think the Brewers can fall into a false sense of security that we're going to win. They're going to win all the time and get all these pitch games, and the, you know it's just so too good to be true. So, you know, if there's a bump in the road, it's nice to have that depth and have that veteran that can step in. So, anyhow, we'll just see how that plays out. And just whatever it is, just keep doing what they're doing, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the phone call, Sparky. And they're going to upgrade this team. And and I'll say this over and over and over again. It's great. It is fantastic that they are in this offensive uh, just what they're doing right now from a run-scoring standpoint and a hitting standpoint, it's really good. But if if we're coming back to earth a little bit, it's May 6th. Like, it doesn't mean anything yet. If it does mean something, we don't know about it meaning something. I, I think when, you're, when you talk about early season stuff, you have to be fair that you handle the positive stuff and the negative stuff the exact same way. And when the team just a couple weeks ago was a struggling unit when it came to what they were doing from an offensive and from a run-scoring standpoint, I said over and over and over, this might be something and this might not be anything. I've talked a lot about kind of being retroactively alarmed about something or a retroactive red flag. Because if they would have continued to play the way they were playing a few weeks ago from a hitting standpoint and we get to June and July and August and they're still kind of doing the same sort of thing, then you can say to yourself, okay, those feelings that I was having in April and May, turns out those were legitimate. Now we're it's the exact opposite. You feel really good about what they're doing offensively. And I personally, I think what they're doing now is closer to who they are than what it looked like in the first couple weeks of the season. But I don't know that for sure. Nobody knows that for sure. They played a good team tonight, but they also played a good team in Atlanta that doesn't have a good record. You know, we we can look at the roster of the Braves and say, okay, that's a good team. Okay, that's a defending World Series champion. But then you look at their record and you see that they're 12-16. and And... They opened up the season by splitting a four-game series against the Reds. The Reds have three wins this year. Two of them have come against Atlanta. They have a series loss against the Nationals. Uh, They have a series loss against the Marlins. They have a series loss against the Rangers. They split a four-game series against the Mets. Mets have been really good. That might actually say something good about the Braves, that they split the four-game series uh, with the Mets. But you get the point of what I'm saying. 
we can sit here and say the Braves are a good team because they've got a good roster and they're the defending World Series champions, but they've not played like a good team yet this year. They're 12 and 16. So we're still in this period of time where I don't know what to say about the Brewers. All you can do is play the teams that are on the schedule. I'm not denigrating the Brewers because they've put up big numbers against not-so-good teams, but there are still some questions to be answered as the season goes along on just how good of an offensive club they are, how real is what they're doing right now. So when Sparky brings up Mike Moustakis and you look at the roster and you go, okay, where where do you go with this? Where, Where would he fit on the roster when everybody's playing so well? We'll give it a week, and maybe you feel a little bit different than that. Uh, let's grab another quick phone call. Luke is in Greenfield. Hey, Luke, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, hey. Um, so I'm just kind of piggybacking on what you're saying. It's almost like the offense is picking up kind of like um, I mean, they did miss two weeks of spring training, quote-unquote. Um, so it's almost like the spring training was the first month of the season, and now they're finally figuring out, like, what they're doing and who they kind of are. I'm sure they're playing the basement teams of the NL right now, but, I mean, it's better to beat up on them than to get beat up, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something, thanks for the call, Luke. This is a Brewers team in recent years at times they have played down to their opposition. That is something that's been one of their lesser traits. They've been known to do that, and they're not doing that this year. And good teams beat bad teams. Uh, okay teams lose to bad teams, and then they stick around against other good teams, right? Uh, so, and, and the other thing about this, mentioning spring training, don't forget it was a shortened spring training this year, and it's a shortened spring training in a year where the Brewers go to a uh, non-conventional style of hitting coaches with co-hitting coaches and then bring in a third assistant hitting coach, so three brand-new voices as far as hitting coaches go, and it was less time in spring training working with those guys, so that message continues to be preached on a daily basis. We'll take a break. When we come back, Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin joins us. Brewers get a nice win today in Atlanta by a 6-3 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers get the win in Atlanta. Brewers Extra Innings does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. You want to join us? You can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's bring in uh, Craig Kishon from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Craig, what do we say? Just yeah, Every game is looking a little bit different, but the bottom line is this team just continues to win. Yeah, they do. You know, and that's that's why you play this game every day. You just you just don't know what you're uh, going to go to the ballpark and see how things are going to unfold. Um, how you know a team like this can do different things to to pull together. Um, it, it's really hard to look at the uh, at the line today and see that the Brewers committed three errors when they made such big plays defensively. That the big plays they made came you know, at, a, at some critical moments throughout the game to help Eric Lauer out, help late pitching, um, you know, burn any rally that the Braves uh, had going. So, um, you know, and no home runs tonight. Yeah, what's going yeah. on with this team, right? 
Well, even that four-run sixth inning, they do it without a. There was no balls off the infield in that inning, I believe. No, and and there were there were four walks in that inning as well. So, um, and you know, Lorenzo Cain not looking like Lorenzo Cain one moment, and then Lorenzo Cain yeah. looking like Lorenzo Cain the next moment. So, uh, pretty crazy stuff. But you know, it's entertaining. I mean, it's it's entertaining baseball, no matter how you look at it. That's for sure. Eric Lauer just, I mean. It, and I said this earlier on the show, and I know you were still in your TV show, so you didn't hear me say it, but this goes back to late June of last year, what he's doing. He has been an elite pitcher for the better part of the last five months. I always felt like last year he was not getting the credit that he deserved, and now you can't do anything but look at a 3-0 and record and a 1.82 ERA, but we should just be talking about this guy the same way we talk about the rest of the staff. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's learning so much um, from, you know, Woodruff and, and Burns around him. Um, what he's absorbed being, you know, in, in this organization now, um, you know, under the guidance of what what they're doing pitching-wise and developing and, and Chris Hook, the pitching coach. And, I mean, it's, um, you know, he's, but he's, he's a quiet guy, um, and I think he is, continues to take the same – path that Woodruff did and then Burns did after that um, he is on the cusp of having uh, a absolutely sensational game yet there's a might come in his next start um, you know gives up a, a solo home run to Acuna Jr. today guy spins around in the batter's box and falls down and somehow that ball left yeah. the park I mean that that's it that that was it you know after that he kind of you know lost it a little bit but was able to recover enough and and get through that inning and stuff, but it's just some of those little things that you know he's going to master. Um, he he's done so much in the last two years; it's been phenomenal. Even really just going back to the second half of last year, like you were saying, Matt's probably the best point that he learned um, to figure out who he is a little bit more. And you know, we we had him on our our TV uh, pregame today and he said part of part of what he's doing just physically with his body he's able to do physically in his opinion so much more than he was able to do last year by simply lifting weights and he said most of it was was bench press chest and he said it it's you know he said he didn't go crazy with it but it was it was enough to make a difference a noticeable difference in one where He's controlling his body, he's controlling his mind, and he's controlling his pitches here now, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, I saw, I think it was Pitching Ninja on Twitter today had something where it showed his delivery from a couple years ago and his delivery now, and it's obviously kind of a shorter delivery now. It looks different, but his body does look a little bit different as well, so it doesn't surprise me uh, that he said the thing about lifting weights. And in baseball, especially as a pitcher, you do have to be so careful about what you do because you don't want to get too bulky, but it seems like he has found whatever sweet spot he needs to find. Yeah, it's it's uh, physically developing. You know, he he's he's not an old guy yet. Uh, he's just hitting his prime. So um, pitchers need that. Every, every athlete needs to, you know, physically develop that way. And and you don't want to push your body too much. You know, especially if you're you're a pitcher. And he brought that point up as well. So um, that and of course you got to have your legs underneath you more than anything. Uh, you know, at this point. So. 
Um, it, it's, it's been fun to watch them come along. It's just, you know, to me, to look at this staff every single night, if you closed your eyes and just, you know, heard the pop of the pop of the mitt and the, the success each inning that's going on, you you don't know who's out there anymore. It seems, you know, so it, it's been something. You mentioned Lorenzo Cain and makes a really weird mistake that he doesn't make very often, but it it's incredible how players like that are able to come back and then make a meaningful, impactful play, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, you know that that was interesting. That that the outfield in Atlanta, no matter which ballpark they've ever played in, seems to be like one of the biggest outfields in the majors, in my opinion. This is a big outfield, and apparently. Pretty much the rest of his defense, especially his infielders, really didn't think that he was going to catch up to that ball. And and then he does actually with ease. Um, and then he just simply did an uncharacteristic thing. And and that was throw something to first. There was there were a lot of players in position on a play like that that I don't think he was uh, used to seeing. And for whatever reason, he chose not to throw to second and he threw over to first and um Obviously, it was it was crazy. The Brewers were able to recover after that, but that's why this guy's you know won a Gold Glove, won a World Series. He he rarely makes a mistake like that. That's actually going to cost you the game because if you give him another opportunity, which came later that inning, he's going to make it like the play of the game for you, and and he did. So um, it, it's really something to watch. This guy, uh, yeah. bizarre play, but um, it all worked out thankfully. Last thing for you, I mean, Josh Hader takes eight days off. He's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. He comes out. He's dominant. He moves into second place all time uh, in the number of uh, saves in franchise history. He just continues to do incredible things. Yeah, I mean, you're talking eight full days between uh, outings for Hader. Um, And, I mean, this guy is in uh, a place that I don't think any of us can imagine and have probably never been before in our lives, the way – he is pitching so far this season, and and the way it's going, will he have a you know a hiccup and give up a, a run at some point? Uh, of course he will, but he is in such a zone right now um, in his head and his confidence and his ability. Um, he he is in for some incredible things yet to come, and the usage that he's been under, you know, in the first five or six weeks of the season, you know, was running kind of high. Um, had some back spasms, so the eight days off, who knows? It's almost, for him, it could be like hitting the reset button, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Craig, good stuff as always, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, throughout the weekend. Sounds good. All right, there's Craig Sean. We'll take a break and have more in just a moment. Brewers come away with a 6-3 victory in Atlanta. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers get the 6-3 win in Atlanta. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Doug texting in says, Rowdy Telez is making me a believer. It took a while, but this guy is looking like he could be one of the best first basemen in the league. Also needs some more production from the catchers getting nothing there. So, Doug, like a, 
we read your text almost every day on the show, and I love how uh, how loyal you are to this program. Not to pull, and I told you so, but I think the one area where because we you get to know listeners when they're texting as much as Doug, and the one area that I get frustrated with Doug more than anything else is I think he 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 throws things away too quick, and he's not patient. And so there, there's some loyalty there when it comes to um, the the people who are involved in things that I feel like he could work on a little bit because th- there's a reason this organization believes in somebody like Rowdy Tellez. Now, that being said, it's still a tiny, 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 tiny sample size. Let's wait and see what Rowdy Tellez is doing on June 1st and July 1st and August 1st and see if he's able to keep up this kind of run. I mean, we have seen some Brewers players have really hot starts and, and kind of come back to earth. You know, Eric Thames is a really good example of that. Think about Thames's uh, start with the Brewers. Now, that's not an apples-to-apples apples because Thames was coming back from Korea and he had turned into a completely different guy while he was there. So essentially, he was he was a different guy than who he was in, in the big leagues previously. So the video was wrong on him, and it takes a little bit of time with video. Now, we're seeing that right now with Seiya Suzuki with the Chicago Cubs. He had that fantastic start to the year, and then he's starting to kind of fall off a little bit. He's been in a pretty solid slump recently, and to me it's connected to film getting out. With Telez, that shouldn't be as much of an issue because he's been around for a while. He hasn't gotten a ton of playing time, but it's not like this is uh, Telez's really first opportunity uh, even to play a lot. I mean, when you look at what he has done throughout the course of his career, he played in 111 games in 2019. Uh, in 2020, that was the shortened year. He still played in 35 games, so that was more than half the games that year. So he's got some games where, or some seasons where he has played a lot, uh, but being the everyday guy, that's something a little bit new. But his numbers right now speak for himself. In 26 games this year, 282, seven home runs, 24 RBIs, and a 968 OPS. Those are incredible all-star caliber numbers here at the moment, and he is a big part of what the team is doing from an offensive standpoint. We'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's on the way next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 6-3. Brewers come away with a win in Atlanta. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. So this game looked a little bit different than the games that looked recently. They hit the 20 home runs in six games over the homestand. They had never hit that many home runs in a six-game period in franchise history before. No home runs tonight. They score the six runs on 11 hits in their four-run sixth inning. They don't even get the ball off the infield, but they still put together four runs. And uh, manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago and uh, discussed the fact uh, that they did win this game in a little bit of a different fashion. I, I th- think you're going to have to, over the course of the season, you're going to have to find different ways to win games. Um, yeah, and I thought we did it with, you're right, just kind of some base hits and some hustle and some some good disciplined at-bats to, to keep the inning going. Um, and, and that was enough. So it was um, it was a different way to score runs today. Um, but, it, you know, it all counts, and, and you need that uh, to be a, a consistent team. 
Craig uh, Lowe had that uh, error in center field and then follows up by beating out that ground ball and that kind of got the, you know, kept the inning alive and really set yeah. the stage for Well, he also threw the guy out at third base yeah. right after that, too. Um, his hustle was big in there. Yeah, I mean, just getting down the line and making it hard to double him up, which he always, always is very yeah. difficult to double up. Um, obviously, that, that kept the inning going and. Uh, you know that made it three two, and we we sent four more batters to the plate that inning. So obviously that's a, that's that's a huge uh, for him to beat that out. Turned out to be the play of the game. Did you say anything about that that play? Just a lot of moving pieces on the. Yeah, I, I think everybody was just 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 moving, and he I I didn't think he had a chance to catch it, and um, I don't think any of us did. And then he and then he got there relatively easy actually, and um, yeah, I think he just there there was. You know, the both infielders are going for it. Willie's trying to backpedal. Rowdy's trying to get to second because he sees the both infielders going for it. So it was just one of those crazy plays. Eric had the one inning where it seemed like he maybe battled his command a little bit, but other than that, another quality start for him. Yeah, he pit, he pitched very very well. Um, you know, he, he you, you go through that group of hitters, they're going to give you a hard time. You know, he they gave him a hard time one time through of the of the three times he faced him. So. He he did. He pitched really, really well tonight again. Um, I mean, he's he's locked in. It's he's difficult to hit. You start to see why he's so hard to hit. I mean, he's got uh, you know the off speed for strikes. He's got the, the slider and cutter, uh, kind of whenever he wants it. And then the fastball is explosive, explosive up in the zone. Boxberger again too. He comes in. He's just been so reliable and tight. Yeah, I mean, it's just more of the same. You know, it's it's almost it, it, it's he just gets out. It's it's he just gets out. He makes he made a lot of quality pitches at a bat, just right on the edge. And and um, Darno had a pretty good at bat, actually laying off some of those pitches. But he he made another good pitch three two and got a double play. Josh, how was he locked it down? I mean, did he look like old Josh to you? Yeah, I, I mean, I was glad to get Josh in the game. Uh, I think he was glad to get out there. Um, so yeah, he, he looked pretty good. I don't know. You can you can write about that too. That's manager Craig Count, or yeah, manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a moment ago. Brewers get the win over Atlanta by a 6-3 score. How does it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get here, go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 6-3, Brewers get the win over the Braves. Pitching matchup tonight, Eric Lauer going for the crew. Jesse Chavez, the opener for the Braves. It would be the Brewers to strike first. It happens in the top of the first inning. Colton Wong leads the game off of the base hit. Uh, Willie Adamas then flies out, and Christian Yelich flies out. So quickly, two outs with still the one runner on at first. But then Andrew McCutcheon gets a base hit. That puts runners on at first and second for the hot-hitting Rowdy Tellez. And here's a drive out to center field. Duvall racing back onto the warning track, and that's going to hit off the top of the wall and bounce away from Duvall. Wong scores. McCutcheon being waved around third. He's going to score standing up. And Rowdy Telez brought his hot sticks with him down to Atlanta. Yeah, he did. It looked like it was going to be a home run. Still drives in two, and the Brewers take a 2-0 lead. Chavez would be done after one inning. At that point, the Braves would go to Spencer Strider. He really pitched well. He kind of stymied the Brewers for a while, and then the Braves would put something together in the fourth inning. It all got started with Ronald Acuna Jr. 
1-1, swung on, lifted into center. Backing up his cane, back to the track, turning around and watching it sail. That ball is way, way gone. Home run of Cunha. That was a blast of epic proportions by Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, Eric Lauer just seemingly had a little bit of a letdown here in the fourth inning. He would then walk Matt Olson and Austin Riley. So runners on at first and second for Marcel Azuna. And then this ends up being just an absolutely crazy play where Azuna flies out to Lorenzo Kane. Off the bat, it looked like there was no chance that Kane was going to get to that ball. He gets to it, throws to first. However, nobody was at first base defensively, and it goes for a throwing air. We later learned that everybody on the infield thought there was no chance that Kane was going to get to that ball. So defensively, the infielders are going to their spots as if they were going to cover a hit. It was an out. The uh, the air results in a runner going to third, and then that presents an RBI opportunity for Ozzie Albies. 0-2, here's the pitch. Albies swings and lofts one in the center field. Should be deep enough to tie the game as Kane moves over, and he makes the catch. Tagging from third is Olsen. He'll score a throw. Comes to third. Tag applied. He is out. The run counts. Says home plate umpire Jeff Nelson, though. Two runs on one hit in the fourth inning for the Braves. It's a 2-2 game. The Brewers uh, would continue to be stymied by Strider in the fifth inning. Lorenzo Kane strikes out. Colton Wong grounds out, but then they would get something going. Willie Adamas would get a base hit. Christian Yelich would get a base hit. So runners on at the corners and Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. The 2-2 to McCutcheon. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fastball at 98. He reached back for a little extra, and he got it past McCutcheon. And a career-high eight strikeouts for Spencer Strider here tonight. Yeah, he was really good, but that would be his final out that he records. The Brewers would get going again in the sixth inning. First against uh, Colin McHugh. With one out, he walks Luis Urias. Then Hunter Renfro gets a base hit. That brings on Tyler Matic, who walks Omar Nervaez. So that loads the bases for Lorenzo Kane. The 2-1 to Kane. Ground ball. This could be two. Swanson flips to Albies for one. Back to first. Not in time. Lorenzo Kane beat it out on the back end of that double play attempt. And a run comes home. The Brewers are up three to two. That's a really big play from Lorenzo Kane beating out on a fielder's choice at first. The out made at second. Colton Wong then walks. That pushes Lorenzo Kane to second. And it brings up Willie Adamas. Matzik, the pitch. High for ball four, and the Brewers lead it four to two. Bases loaded walk ends the day for Matic. Old friend Tyler Thornburg, he was a Brewer many years ago as part of the uh, Travis Shaw trade. Uh, he comes in replacing Matic. First batter he faces is Christian Yelich. The 0-1, ground ball, right side, gloved by Albies. The throw to second is not in time, and it gets away from Swanson. So Kane scores, and Wong scores all the way from second base. Two more home, and the Brewers lead it 6-2. to two. It would stay 6-2 to two for a while. Eric Lauer was continuing to roll for the Brewers. He's pitching into the seventh inning, strikes out Austin Riley, but then walks Marcel Azuna, and Ozzie Albies gets a base hit. Runners on at first and second. The Brewers go to the bullpen. They bring in Brad Boxberger to face off against Travis Darnell. Boxberger kicks. 3-2 pitch. Swinging a ground ball up the middle towards the shortstop. Adamas have it. Flip to second one. Pivot relay. Wong. Two. A double play, and the inning is over.
just like that. Well turned, Adamas and Wong, 6-4-3. So it remains a 6-2 game, but in the eighth inning, the Braves would get one more run across against Jandel Gustave, Dansby Swanson at the plate. 1-1 pitch, fly ball deep right. Renfro retreating onto the warning track, looking up, and it is going to hit off the top of the wall and bounce up into the stands in right field. It is a solo home run from Dansby Swanson, and it just got out of here. Josh Hader comes on to pitch the ninth inning for the Brewers, looking for the save. He gets Matt Olson to fly out. He then strikes out Austin Riley. Marcel Azuna then reaches on a throwing air to extend the game, and it's once again Ozzy Albies at the plate. The 0-2 pitch. Popped him up. Foul territory. Urias with room. Makes the play in front of the Brewers' dugout. And the Brewers will win 6-3 over the Braves in the series opener here in Atlanta tonight. With the win, the Brewers go to 19-8. The Braves drop to 12-16, winning totals for the crew. Six runs, 11 hits, three errors. They leave 10 on base. For Atlanta, three runs, three hits, two errors. They leave two on base. Eric Lauer, the win, he's 3-0. Colin McHugh, the loss, he is 0-1. Josh Hader, his 11th save. Home runs only for the Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr., his first. Dansby Swanson, his second. The game lasting three hours and 15 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 36,307 folks at Truist Park. Brewers get the win 6-3. We will preview game two of the series, and we'll also get you some scores from around baseball. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers get the 6-3 win in Atlanta. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Just a couple minutes left in the program. Let's get you some scores from around the NL Central. Only one other game. Cardinals and Giants are playing right now. The game is in the middle of the sixth inning and is currently tied 2-2. Jordan Hicks made the start for St. Louis, went four and a third, allowing two runs on three hits. Harrison Bader hitting a two-run home run to account for each of the Cardinals' runs. The Cubs were supposed to play the Dodgers this afternoon. That game was not played because of bad weather. It's going to be made up as a doubleheader coming up tomorrow and the Pirates and Reds were unable to play their game tonight in Cincinnati because of bad weather as well. In all, one, two, three, four, five separate Major League Baseball games uh, got postponed today. Across the Brewers' minor league system, Low A Carolina beats Augusta 5-4. High A Wisconsin gets a win over Fort Wayne 3-2. Double A Biloxi losing at Montgomery 5-3. And Nashville at home leads to loses to Norfolk by a 6-5 score. Brewers and Braves game two of the series tomorrow should be noted so we'll have Bucks basketball for you here on WTMJ but we'll also have the Brewers here on WTMJ. However if the Bucks go long, if they're playing in overtime, whatever it might be, we will have the Brewers broadcast from its origin on 94.5 ESPN. So if the Bucks are still on, you can switch over to 94.5 ESPN to get that but Brewers extra innings will only be here on WTMJ tomorrow. A 621st pitch. Corbin Burns again Max Freed. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow for more Brewers baseball here on WTMJ.